Hello, this is John Hendren, and you're listening to BachCast, episode 52. episode is is kind of an interesting piece to me. Um, I feel it's a very rich piece with a lot of ideas, a lot of um, lot, lot going on for a little, little piece by Bach. This is BWV 917, which is listed as a Fantasia in G minor. And the titles in pieces from this period can either tell us a lot about the piece or they are so generic that they don't mean a lot. And a Fantasia is one of those kind of interesting pieces. Now, when we think of Bach, we might think automatically to things like Preludes and Fugues, which have specific, um, there's, a, there's a function there, right? A prelude introduces something. It's sort of an open piece. There is a history uh, of course, in the Baroque of Preludes, uh, coming from the, the French harpsichordists. And when I want to get to Bach, uh, he is using these couplets, not only in his organ music, but also for keyboard music that we might uh, hear on a clavichord or harpsichord. And a Fantasia is sort of this little different. Now, Bach has uses this title in a number of pieces. Um, and in this case, it's a little unusual because it's a very small piece. Now, many times you'll see this listed. It won't just be Fantasia. It'll be Fantasia with two subjects. And in doing some reading on this, uh, not everybody's in agreement about what the two subjects are. Now, I have my own thoughts. What you just heard, however, let's go back to what I, the little sound clip I gave you. Um, we heard sort of the opening theme there's there's like two different rhythmic speeds going on here um there's sort of the the opening and then there's this other second part so is that the two subjects um there is a part of this piece which you have not heard yet this little weird introduction it's sort of a free-flowing type thing uh reminds me if i was going to apply a, a term to it i'd call it a toccata uh, a little warming up if you will let's listen to that opening now uh, of this same piece however now on harpsichord <laughs> Thank you. 
So that little opening, um, it's kind of a neat little introduction. It's not very clear to me what it has anything to do with the theme that we've, we first heard that follows. Um, however, what is the function of that opening theme? Definitely sets the key. And when we get to the end, we find that Bach sort of applies that same opening language to the end of the piece. And so what makes this piece interesting to me is it's, um, it's just a couple pages long. It does have some kind of dense writing. There's, it's written in multiple parts of the finger, three parts. But what's interesting is, is looking at the formal structure that Bach uses. He introduces this first idea, puts it off to the side, it helps establish the key, that's about it, it warms up the fingers, and then you get this sort of more dense contrapuntal type stuff going on. Uh, and then at the end, with a little more of that flourish and whimsy, he comes back with, with the runs that sort of open the piece up. Um, We've heard it now on piano. We've heard it on harpsichord. I'm going to give you one more listen to the opening, and this is using uh, an organ voice. And I wanted to point out the, the the three different keyboards here for a specific reason, but I want you to listen to it first. This piece perplexes me because uh, the opening is, to me, doesn't really fit on an organ, although it could work. I mean, you, there are certainly many organ pieces by Bach that have flourishes, but where the organ really makes sense is when it, we get to this, after the, what we call the introduction, when you get to the, the main themes, um, it is this, he writes in such a way that uh, to hear the harmonies, to hear the suspensions, to hear the, the resolution of things, uh, it's not written out in such a way that you always hear the articulation of the note that resolves uh, some of those, those crunches. And when you hear it on an organ, which is sustaining the sound, uh, so he'll write in such a way where you're holding one note and it's the other notes move, but what our ear hears is that top note that needs to resolve uh, in a suspension. And it's sort of all held together. And only on an organ do you really get to appreciate that. Um, if, if you were to just rewind a little bit and listen to those two little clips again, to hear the, uh, the richness in the harmony. Uh, if you've lived with this piece for a while, and then you hear it on the harpsichord or even here on the piano, it's a little easier, but on first listen, to really um, expose the richness in the writing, you want to kind of hear it on an instrument that has some sustain to it. And I'm trying to make my point that um, this piece presents us with some challenges, at least today, 
about what would be the most appropriate instrument to enjoy this piece because it does have those moments of what I would call flight and fancy, lots of fast notes that seem to work best on an instrument with a sharp attack. Uh, something like a harpsichord, something like a guitar, something like even a good piano, right? Uh, but then there is this need to sort of be able to to hear the full realization of the harmony in the slower parts, and that really lends itself to an instrument that has some sustain to it. And so I think my favorite um, instrument for this piece is the piano. Uh, and there are not too many recordings out there on piano this piece. Uh, so far, you've been listening to me play this. I want to now uh, let you hear a professional uh, perform this. And I'm going to give you the full run of it because it is a short piece. And I want you to also be able to hear the what I would call maybe the second half or second and third parts of this piece. So you can hear and appreciate this miniature by Bach uh, in full. So that, that was a great performance. This comes from um, Andreas Steyer, who is um, one of my go-to favorite harpsichordists. This is a, an album that came out a, a long time ago. It's actually uh, titled Clavier Fantasian, uh, Fantasias for the Keyboard by Johann Sebastian Bach. Uh, this was on the Deutsche Harmonia Mundi label, came out in 1988. 
Um, and it exposed to me, especially because I've owned this recording for a number of years, uh, some kind of unknown pieces by Bach. You know, these are the smaller pieces. These don't belong in the big collections like the, you know, the six partitas or the, the clavier ubung. Um, and frankly, over the years, some of these pieces, the, the authorship has been, has been questioned. But nevertheless, um, this is a very interesting piece to me. Uh, you heard it at the end, and Mr. Steyer really didn't overemphasize it, but we get that little tease at the end of sort of a um, little flight of fancy, as I mentioned, that references the opening, the beginning. One of the things that um, I really like about this performance, it's very even. Um, the, obviously, the harpsichord has limited dynamics. That doesn't mean that harpsichordists don't play with dynamics, but compared to the other instruments, uh, a pipe organ or uh, a modern piano, the harpsichord just doesn't do that stuff. And so some of that, the rhythmic vitality there, where voices are going between the left hand, the right hand with, with rhythm, with, with strong beats, uh, some of that's, a, I mean, you can hear it, but it's more of a mental exercise to pull it out. And that's why I really like the idea of a piano. His tempo throughout is very even. Um, and one of the things that I've played with as I, as I perform this piece is, well, what happens if you can start to play with that? Um, and this is always a discussion for music of the Baroque and especially the music of Bach, who, uh, I mean, his music really goes through the ringer. Um, if we were, to, Vivaldi, to some degree, is now going through that scrutiny too. We have some very wild ideas out there about how to perform Vivaldi and the creativity that's been applied to it. Um, sometimes the results are good. Sometimes we question them. But, uh, you know, if you were to look at modern performers today playing in the Baroque style and compare to some that don't, right, we can go all the way to like the 1980s and we can listen to Vivaldi with by the group Imusici. And then we could go to some a group like Fabio Biondi and Europa Galante and how they approach Vivaldi. And then we have uh, folks who are younger than uh, Mr. Biondi who now are uh, sort of trying to uh, strip down Vivaldi and, and get to uh, a style that, that seems to make sense. Bach, of course... Um, He's been having this treatment done to him for a little bit longer, trying to get to the essence of, of what it takes to unlock uh, some of the, what I would call the magic in box music. We can see some of this in the controversy that happened maybe about 15, 16 years ago, where performers started to question uh, the size of box choral forces in um, pieces like the St. Matthew Passion. And so when we look at cantata performances and uh, something like St. Matthew's Passion. Should we have a 100-voice choir? Should we have a 30-voice voice choir? Should we have one voice per part? Those are some of those decisions that we're making. And there is a historical basis and a historical discussion for this. But more so when we're looking at something like keyboard music, um, I, I think there is a conversation to be had about... Um, what we can do to to emphasize some of the really cool things embedded in this music. So this piece is interesting for a couple of reasons, just to sort of summarize. It has this title attached to it, 
that somebody applied to it. We don't know if it was Bach, that it was the, the differentiated from some of the other Fantasias. It was the Fantasia with two subjects, and they, they used the Latin for that, which um, it has a certain connotation to it. You know, it's, it's a little more learned. It's, um, it could have been somebody later cataloging Bach's music or collecting it and writing that in the title. Uh, I'm not sure about that. But the question is, what are the two subjects? And, and you can analyze what I'm calling the center of the piece, the, the, main, the main entree of the piece, and, and hear some different themes. Uh, and we heard them multiple times right at the beginning. Sort of the left hand starts, and then the, the faster stuff goes, and there's this interplay back and forth. But for me, it's always made sense that the two themes were the, this beginning opening and then the, the contrapuntal section. And then we get that little taste at the end. So what I try to do in this version, and it's, it's not as pristine as I would like, but is to emphasize some of that. I play a little bit with the tempo. I play a little bit with dynamics just to, to bring some of the interesting parts of this piece out. So uh, we're going to end this episode today uh, with... Uh, your very own using the piano to emphasize what I think are some interesting parts of this, this little miniature piece by Bach. Um, if you're looking for some other recommended recordings, I've also for many years enjoyed um, uh, the recording by Pierre Hantai. Uh, the recording he does, and it was originally released on the Virgin Veritas label, uh, and again, sort of a collection of some toccatas and, and other smaller pieces. Uh, the sound of his harpsichord is is really really nice uh, in that reading, not necessarily as athletic a performance. Maybe I would use that term athletic um, in terms of speed and and just drive as the one we heard from Andreas Steyer. Uh, another recording I have in my collection is the the one by Glenn Gould on piano. But uh, as much as I really like the way Gould pushes Bach around, I. Don't I'm not really a fan of his reading of this piece, so I'm not going to include it. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed uh, getting to know this piece. If it's not familiar to you, and my guess is, unless you are a rabid uh, collector of, of all of box stuff, maybe it's new to you. And if it's not, um, that's great too. Uh, maybe you hear something different in, in what I put in here. So I'm going to end with that, but right now I'm going to thank you for listening.